Greetings, and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the intersection of security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that condenses 5 to 20 hours of reading and analysis into a 15-minute summary, as well as regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise, curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 278. Starting off with security news, the Department of Energy is launching three new programs to help secure the U.S. energy system. The first looks to secure against global supply chain attacks. The second looks to defend against electro-geomagnetic interference. And the third looks at cybersecurity solutions and talent. The self-hosted official PHP Git repository got hacked and code was maliciously added that would provide a backdoor to any system that installed it. So they were self-hosted before and they are now moving to GitHub to get the extra security benefits. The U.S. will engage in classified war games this summer oriented around threats from China and Russia. And the U.S. and Canada have been doing joint military exercises in the Arctic as well, basically preparing for Russia to go north. China appears to have disallowed military personnel from driving Teslas due to spying-slash-monitoring concerns. Americans think these are the top 10 threats to the U.S. Cyberterrorism. North Korean nukes, Iranian nukes, international terrorism, pandemics, China's economic power, global warming, too many illegal immigrants, Russian military power, the Israel-Palestine conflict, the China-Taiwan conflict. I think uh, this is an interesting list of 10 things. I think, in my mind, the top three are the fall of the U.S. due to internal conflict, the rise of China in a post-democracy world, and three, someone setting off a nuclear weapon after a government loses control of their arsenal. Those would be my three. There's a new Android zero-day vulnerability that's under active attack, CVSS 8.4. SolarWinds has had another RCE flaw. And OpenSSL has patches out for two high-severity DOS issues. Shell has disclosed a data breach related to the Excelion vulnerability. CNA Financial, which is an insurance company, suffered a major outage last week due to a massive ransomware attack. And voter registration and other personal details of 6.5 million Israelis has been leaked online by an actor calling itself the Israeli Autumn, which I think is actually a pretty cool name. Evidently, there was a queryable API endpoint that allowed you to pull admin credentials. And Orca Security, also out of Israel, has raised a $210 million. Series C at a $1.2 billion valuation to secure companies' 
Cloud Assets Technology News You'll soon be able to buy a Tesla with Bitcoin. Samsung is getting ready to release a new 512GB DDR5 module that's twice as fast as DDR4 and runs at 7200 megabit per second. And the tech also uses 13% less power. Facebook seems quite serious about its work in the AR space, which I think is really exciting. I'm glad they're serious about it and not treating it like a fad. They have been on this story for years now. And this particular piece here talks about, it's also a video, it talks about a risk-based system that can detect intentions and, most importantly, the virtual click. So you, it looks like you're clicking inside of an interface um, that, that could be displayed in front of you. And just by thinking about a click and sort of making the motion, you can actually you know, activate the interface that you're using in this virtual environment, which is pretty cool. And they showed a demo of someone like shooting a bow and arrow with like the motion of the fingers and the release of the finger. Really cool stuff. Data Miner has raised $475 million on a $4.1 billion valuation for real-time insights from 100,000 sources of public data. They focus on stuff like physical safety, reputation risk, crisis management, business intelligence, and cybersecurity. That is super exciting to me. That is fascinating space to be in, I think, consuming data from all over the place and trying to pull insights from that. If you check out my book from 2016 or very beginning of 2017, I Basically, it, it's about that exact thing. Human News. The Louvre has put its entire collection online for free. Unbelievable. So this is like the art gallery or museum, uh, basically, in the world. It's the number one art location in the world. I think the number one museum in the world in France. And, uh, yeah, everything online for free. Unbelievable. Baltimore is going to stop prosecuting low-level crimes like drug possession and prostitution. So they put a policy in place like this 12 months ago as a result of the pandemic. And violent crime has since fallen 20%. And property crime has fallen 36%. So the DA basically said, yeah, we're going to turn this into a permanent policy. 32% of Americans are satisfied with the direction of the U.S., which seems very low, but it's up from 11% on January 21st. COVID cases in the U.S. are rising again. It's almost like there's some sort of relationship between allowing non-vaccinated people to gather in large numbers and the case count. Someone should uh, investigate. We should get Scotland Yard on the case. NASA just captured more images of 16 Psyche, an asteroid between Mars and Jupiter worth $10,000 quadrillion. 
which seems like a made-up number, or 70,000 times the global economy. So I was thinking, is it pure platinum? Is it like, I don't know, made out of diamonds? Well, they're not really worth anything. So not diamonds. Platinum? Gold? Something radioactive? Like, what is worth that much money? Turns out it's mostly iron and nickel. And they're looking to go back soon and do more research. Maybe potentially trying to figure out a way to uh, harvest from it. Hopefully before someone else does. And Netflix is launching 40 anime movies and shows in 2021, which I am actually really excited about. I think anime is one of the most creative types of media out there right now. I think it's way more creative and interesting than anything being put out by Hollywood. And I'm happy to see it come over to Netflix. Content ideas and analysis. The Consumer Authentication Strength Maturity Model. It's a horrible name. I made the name just because it aligns with the acronym CASM. C-A-S-M-M which you get to pronounce as chasm, makes sense to me. And it is a visual maturity model so that security people can help non-security people understand and improve their password or authentication security on the internet. So it's basically a scale from one to seven that says, okay, here's where you are. You're using shared passwords on the internet with no quality whatsoever. You are at level seven at the bottom of this visual. And if you want to get better, you can move up by not using shared passwords. And if you want to move above that, you can actually have high quality passwords. And if you want to move above that, you can use a password manager. So I talked about this in a previous podcast. I'm not sure if you heard that episode. If you haven't, you can go listen to it or you can read the blog post. But uh, that's what this one is about. The response to this has been overwhelming. I mean, it's it's been translated into multiple languages already. A lot of people saying that they're talking to their customers about it. So thanks for the response. Uh, I guess it's the simple things that are useful. A few people have pointed out that the top tier, which is token-based authentication, you know, is not super accurate because there are lots of different tokens, or at least they said you could break it out further. And that's why I have the name consumer in the name, uh, because I'm trying to make this easy for everyday users, right? Um, obviously, at the enterprise level, you can break token into multiple tiers, including like one-time passwords, like RSA tokens, and all the way at the other end, you could have you know bio-based integration, WebAuthn, FIDO2, stuff like that. So. It is very consumer-focused, but I'm still thinking about possibly breaking out the WebAuthn stuff into another tier. I'm not sure, because right now it's pretty clear. SMS, app-based, and then token-based. So it would be less clear and a little more confusing, I think, if we were to break token into multiple spaces. But it was good feedback regardless. Next one here, how to use Feedly to follow content on Twitter. A new short post on following people or accounts on Twitter in a newsreader instead of on Twitter itself. 
And the next one here, short memoring. So I have a strange feeling that people are about to return to physical offices a lot faster than we imagined just a few months ago. The majority thinking on this was that we'd probably stay remote or mostly hybrid for months, maybe even years, maybe even like indefinitely after most people are vaccinated and that companies would largely abandon most of their physical offices. But now, I don't know. I'm not feeling that anymore. It doesn't seem so certain. I think we might see something that looks a lot like 2019 for a lot of companies by the end of this year, which I really would not have predicted. I honestly don't know how I feel about this. In some sense, I feel optimistic and proud that as humans, we're really resilient and we're just getting right back at it. And the economy doesn't seem to have been harmed as bad as people anticipated, at least for people at the top rung of the K-shaped recovery. But I also can't avoid thinking that we're stupid for going back too quickly and potentially not learning enough to prevent this from happening again. Notes. I'm working on a new piece of member content called Front View Mirror 2021 edition. So for a while now, I've been doing a roughly annual freeform look at the trends that I see from, you know, reading and consuming all this content that I tend to do and basically just riffing on how it might play out. And this artifact will sort of formalize that process, which is fundamentally informal. It's an informal process. It's like I said, it's riffing, right? It's not formal predictions because. I really don't believe in formal predictions since they're about the future and therefore unknowable. But it is a cool way to sort of structure this fun process of thinking about what possibly could be coming and giving some sort of attribution to ideas or trends and just kind of seeing where it goes. I'd really like to have some conversations around this, basically take what I've put together, have someone else who's put together something similar but different and basically talk through why I believe this or why they believe that and try to convince each other. I think that would be a cool process. Another option is to do this within the UL community and actually turn this into a standalone conversation or a workshop or a panel, something along those lines, just within the UL community. I'm going to talk about that with the group here shortly in the Slack channel. So. Uh, We'll see you there if you're already a member. And got my first shot like a week ago, which was uh, Moderna. So, yay for science. And I just went and bought a few books by Matt Ridley that I hadn't read, including How Innovation Works and Genome. So, The Evolution of Everything and The Red Queen are two of the books that changed my way of thinking completely. So I figured I basically need to read everything this guy puts out. So I'm going back and reading a few more of his. And I was having some Maria DB slash MySQL D issues on the site and ended up spending many hours over the weekend kind of fixing and optimizing Maria DB. And my new config actually not only fixed my CPU issue, which was 
was really bad. I was getting like 100% CPU throttling. It was slowing down page loads and everything. But uh, my new config that I have not only fixed the issue, but it massively sped up queries. Um, I don't have very many slow queries anymore. And uh, yeah, load times are way faster now. And I'm doing it with like half the memory. So pretty stoked about that. Pretty sad I didn't have these settings in there before. Discovery. A bash one-liner that checks for vulnerabilities using nuclei across domains that have an open bounty. Yeah, this thing is really cool. It's by this guy named Jack, who I just uh, followed on Twitter, had a short conversation with. And uh, yeah, this stuff that's going on in the bounty space with automation and basically like bash one-liners combined with these unbelievable frameworks like Project Discovery and Nuclei and Fuff and just all these tools that are out there that can be stacked together by someone who has an eye for automation. It's exciting stuff. It's a really great time to be a hunter or in recon or a bug bounty person. It's uh, exciting times. And got an argument that AI skill sets are becoming less valuable, not more valuable. And I was skeptical when I started reading it, but I think I was pretty convinced. Uh, it is an argument that I knew was coming. I didn't know it was coming this quickly. And of course, it might not be. This is just somebody with a blog, but I thought it was pretty compelling. Basically, what they're saying is that the tools for doing this analysis are getting so good that you're not going to need to spend multiple years studying machine learning. It's going to be all about the data quality instead. And the data quality is going to be a function of resources and uh, the company that you work at and just the quality of data that's available in whatever context. And if you have really great data, it's going to be, the example he gave is that these people who spend, you know, a master's doing machine learning are going to lose out to a small group of interns who have a really good library and really good data. And then for the business aspect of it, he basically said, you need to have a moat around your business that isn't pure AI based, it needs to be based on something else besides just machine learning. Thought it was a really good post. Recommendations. The World of Indigo. This is an album I'm rather in love with right now. It's a collection of music known as Indigo, which I tried to Google and really couldn't find too much about. I'm sure someone will thrash me uh, in response to the newsletter and school me and point me to some resources, which I would appreciate. But to me, it's a combination of Spanish sounding guitar with like African beat influences and lyrics. And the combination is really, really interesting. Like the hooks, I mean, hooks are normally talked about in pop, but very melodic, very memorable. Just, I uh, really loved it. So got a link there in the show. And aphorism for the week, there are no solved problems. There are only problems that are more or less solved. There are no solved problems. 
There are only problems that are more or less solved. Jules Henry Poincaré. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. And here's your next podcast.